Washington Times. I'm Tim Constantine, joined today by David Bozell for America. Speaker of the House, let's recap how we got where we are. Early in the year, there was some question as to whether or not Kevin McCarthy would be selected as Speaker of the House. Certain parts of the Republican Party were not too sure about him. They didn't think he was conservative enough. They wanted to see budgetary items taken care of. They wanted to see a number of, particularly on the fiscal side, conservative agenda items promised. On the 15th ballot, Kevin McCarthy was selected, but only after agreeing to a methodology by which he could later, and was later, removed as Speaker of the House. As we get to October 3rd of this year, eight members of the Republican Party decided they no longer wanted Kevin McCarthy to be Speaker of the House, and like that, he was out. So, who would be the follow-up? The conservatives wanted someone who would have that conservative agenda, who would stand up for spending cuts, who would stand up for any number of issues. Steve Scalise, some good conservative bona fides, but he was also part of the Kevin McCarthy team. He and Jim Jordan both ran Scalise, squeaked out in conference a small lead, and went ahead, got voted, couldn't get 217 votes. And so withdrew, said, all right, I, I don't know that I can get to that number, I'm gonna pull up. Jim Jordan says, I would still like to be speaker, and he cannot get to 217 votes. They voted on him not once, not twice, but three times. And after three times, Jordan would have stayed. He wanted to see this thing through, but the Republican Party as a whole took a secret ballot and said, I'm sorry, we're gonna withdraw your nomination as speaker, designate, and, and so they pull him back. And then the question is, who will it be? There were 175 people that put their name in, and of those, they voted their way down, and they come up with uh, Tom Emmer. Now, Tom Emmer, of course, is the architect of the Red Sprinkle, not the Red Wave, the Red Sprinkle. When the Republicans were going to win last year, 40 seats, they didn't. They have this tiny majority, and that's how we got in this mess in the first place. That was Tom Emmer who had chaired the whole National Republican Congressional Committee affair for the last two elections. So again, some in the conservative movement were questioning, is this the guy? Tom Emmer, did he have the backbone for it? Could he unite the party? He was the nominee for all of four hours. And then it was back to the table. So, the name Mike Johnson comes up. You probably remember Michael Johnson from 1978 when he had the hit single, Bluer Than Blue, Sadder Than Sad. I think that might be a different Michael Johnson. But let's talk about Mike Johnson, let's talk about the speaker, let's talk about the mess the Republican Party has created. David Bozell, welcome. Thanks, Tim. I thought you were gonna talk about Michael Johnson, the 200 meter Olympiad uh, that we had. There you go. A few cycles ago. But the, no, the, our the our potential speaker has a very, very varied background. Maybe he, not. He's a terrific. Go ahead. God, just, I was going to say, tell, tell a, people who he really is. He's a terrific choice. He's out of Northwest Louisiana. Uh, there's some criticism that how could you have two uh, members of leadership within the same state? Um, having married into the state of Louisiana, I can tell you that Northwest Louisiana is far different from Southeast Louisiana where Steve Scalise is. Um, so far different districts, far different states of mind, far different cultures, um, and different men altogether. Mike Johnson's a good man, uh, first and foremost. He's trusted by an overwhelming majority of, the, of his caucus. 
Um, he's pro-life through and through. He's unapologetic about the, the protection of the dignity of life. Uh, he's a fiscal conservative. He's a good Christian. Um, politically, he has no enemies, which is why I think he sits in the position that he's in today. Um, for all of uh, Jim Jordan's bona fides, it appeared that he had enemies to his left flank. For all of Tom Emmer's bona fides and, and, the, and the strengths that he might bring to the, to the position, it appeared he had enemies to his right flank. Uh, same thing with Steve, Steve Scalise, I think, had enemies on both flanks, which is why his nomination never made it to the floor. So um, I, I think it's a, it's, a, it's a messy process, but an altogether necessary process, that the Republican Party had to lance some of these boils uh, that, they've, that, they've, that have been just sort of you know, growing underneath the skin for probably close to two decades now. We talked about some of the opposition to some of the other candidates. Jim Jordan is about as conservative as he yeah. gets. Jim yeah. Jordan also says exactly what he thinks. That's my first choice. You may like it, you may not like it, but you never have a question where Jordan stands. Right. Some of the chairmen did not like the fact that Jordan says he wants to cut spending. Right. because they know Jordan really wants to cut spending. Do we lose credibility? Does the Republican Party lose credibility when they refuse to endorse, even though year after year after year, election after election after election, right. they say, oh, government has to cut spending, government's out of control, look at this, we've got a, got a gazillion dollar deficit this year, right. and now when they have the opportunity to put the guy in place, they go, well, I'm, I'm, I'm not so sure. During Ronald Reagan's time as president, he used to talk in terms of compromise. And he said, you know, he was a strong conservative. Right. And he had core beliefs. But if you could get 85% of what you wanted, right. that was better than getting 0%. Do members of Congress right now not understand that? Uh, well, well, I think they do. Uh, I think, but when Kevin McCarthy decides just on a whim to break caucus rules and say, we're going to open up a spending bill to the Democrats to get it passed, uh, that's just a non-starter for some of these guys. Here's my worry, though. Do we have members of the party? Does the Republicans have members of the party who will then decide for the good of the nation they will compromise yes, they with do. Democrats? Yes, they do. Give some of the power away? And will the conservative Matt Gates have actually ended up giving the Democrats power yeah. by throwing Kevin McCarthy In a political out? sense, yes, but the results are still the same. Uh, Kevin McCarthy was handing over power, handing over the floor to Democrats as it was. Uh, the fact that a cadre of Republicans would do the same, it's, you, you basically have not moved the needle at all. Uh, you get the same result. So, uh, yes, the press would frame it as Gates having, uh, having uh, you know, stepped on a, on a rake and, and, and it backfired. But the result would still be the same. Um, at the end of the day, though, these guys, if, if you said 80% or 85%, I mean, I'd take 30% at this point. <laughs> really, if they, if they had a, a, a plan to execute, which Kevin McCarthy never did. Right. I don't think Kevin McCarthy or, or Paul Ryan, or frankly, John Boehner, looked five feet in front of him at any given moment. Can we expect it to be any different with Mike Johnson? Yes, he's already outlined in his, in his morning letter today uh, a schedule for each of the appropriations bills. Uh, now, there's going to be things that he's going to have to do that are going to be upsetting to conservatives. But the thing with Mike that you get is you, you, you know that he is going to have taken the, the, the policy goal as far as he could take it. 
And, and so that's going to be reassuring and comforting to conservative policy wonks like myself who want to get things across the finish line. So if Mike Johnson can t give me 30%, <laughs> which is 30% more than Kevin ever got, I'll take it. For America, he is Dave Bozell. I'm Tim Constantine from the Washington Times. Thanks. Blue than blue, sadder than sadder.